I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, the coronavirus surge. In the Bay Area and across the country, long-awaited excitement over reopening society has collided with the reality of a rising number of cases. Some communities are pausing plans to open up. Others have even been forced to backtrack. Health reporter Aaron Alday, who's been covering the pandemic from the start, is here. Aaron, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me, and welcome back, Damien. Thank you, thank you. Uh, a little bit of behind the scenes uh, on the Fifth Admission podcast. Aaron and I went to college together, worked at the uh, Daily Cal newspaper, so um, we spent most of our career together. It's great to be with you on the pod. It's fantastic. All right, Aaron, what is the latest on the trend coming into the new week Uh, What kinds of cases are we seeing and what is the latest reaction from health officials? Right. So we're coming off of, of course, a really um, pretty uh, spectacular, spectacularly bad week last week in the Bay Area and in California with, you know, some record breaking um, case counts in California last week, a couple days with 6000 plus new cases. And the Bay Area averaged, I think, over about 500 cases a day for the week, which was the, the most cases we've seen. Um, since this all started, really. Um, it's it's Monday now. It's a little bit hard to tell what this week is going to look like. Um, there were some um, kind of data collection issues over the weekend. Mondays are always sort of a weird kind of time because a lot of counties don't report over the weekend. And so sometimes the numbers are artificially elevated on Monday. So it's probably going to be another day or two before we get a sense of what things look like right now. But certainly we don't I don't think anybody expects anything to look much better this week than it did last week. Um, Since, you know, this is all tied to this reopening process and people just kind of being out and about more socializing, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to take some some real effort to get that back under control. Yeah, and it's so frustrating, right, because everybody has been waiting for this moment to return to the store, to the return to soccer practice, to return to, to life, maybe a business. Um, people might, entrepreneurs might be opening a small business again. And then to have the the prospect of closing again, it seems like everybody is really sort of at their wit, wit's end on this. Yeah, that's part of the problem is, is, you know, it's this what they call this intervention fatigue and intervention being the shelter in place. And that, you know, we all were really well behaved, really obedient for several months and sheltering in place, especially in the Bay Area. We, you know, did such a great job flattening the curve. And there's this sense that, well, great, you know, we did this hard work that let's kind of reap the rewards now. Um, You know, we should be able to kind of get back to some kind of normal. And then, you know, even though we were warned, we were told that when we reopened, that cases would climb, the testing would increase, we would see cases come up from that, too. You know, this was all stuff that we were warned about. And yet it still is pretty, it's really disappointing to see it play out that way. And I, I feel that way too. I mean, I've reported on the fact that this this was anticipated to a degree and it still feels like kind of this big blow that, um, you know, we put in all this effort and, and here we are. We actually have higher numbers now in a lot of cases than we ever did before. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I have to fight an instinct to feel like, I deserve now to do more. I deserve to go out and enjoy myself because I put in so much work. And then when I start to think about it, I think about, well, I put in all that work to not get coronavirus and to spread it you know, to my family. And, and so I don't want to go all that time and then only to get it anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. I think that that's a piece of it. And, and the other thing is a big part of our reason for collectively sheltering in place was to protect our hospitals, um, to keep them from being overrun, but also to give them time to build up that capacity to create these sort of 
surge units where they could build up, you know, backup um, hospital sites. They could build up the resourcing and the staffing and the PPE, the, the personal protective equipment, and kind of put all these supplies in place so that when we opened up, if cases climbed again, we would have that capacity. And so it wouldn't be quite as scary if we saw the cases climb up that we would have that kind of room. And the truth is that we did that. Like shelter in place was absolutely successful with that. We built up that capacity. And part of the reason why things aren't so dire right now in California is because even though the cases are picking up and even though hospital numbers are also picking up, we have room for that. We have, we're not kind of in this this panic place where our hospitals are overrun because we did do that hard work and build up the capacity. So I think people should feel really good about that. It's not like that time was wasted, but it can feel really frustrating when we, we were all kind of so well behaved and yet there's not really an end in sight as to when we can start kind of going back to some kind of normal. Sure. Well, let's dig in a little bit to this surge in cases. First of all, I wanted to ask you, a lot of people have been calling this a second wave. Is that what we should be calling it? No, unfortunately, we're still in the first wave. Um, you know, in in the Bay Area in California, when we flattened the curve, what we did was prolong sort of our, our um, experience with this first wave, with this first outbreak. So, you know, in order to have a second phase, you need to see an end to the first phase. And it's not like we ever saw you know, an end to disease transmission. We saw things get to lower levels, a sort of plateau, but they never really dropped down that far. It's always been here. Um, and so, yeah, we're just kind of seeing the, this, this long, long tail end of this first wave. Um, I think if we, if we do see a second wave, you know, we're looking at the fall, you know, early fall, late fall, winter, something like that. But you know, this thing is so hard to pin down that it's hard to say when that'll be or if that will be. And how much do we know about why we're seeing the surge in cases? Um, what are the reasons? There are a lot of reasons. Um, and I think it's sort of it's it's hard to say how much we know. So we we do. I mean, increasingly, the health officers are, are definitely identifying some trends. Um, you know, we obviously have the big prison outbreaks that have been well reported, including the, uh, you know, more than a thousand, I think, at San Quentin right now, um, several of those prison outbreaks across the state. So those make up a, a good number of cases. We're still seeing outbreaks in nursing homes, um, which is really unfortunate given, you know, we, we should have that under control by now. We should be able to manage that. But we're still seeing those those outbreaks. And when they happen, they tend to be large numbers and tend to really um, affect the case counts in, in counties. Um, but the other thing that, you know, a lot of health officers are reporting is cases from, you know, social gatherings, from people meeting up with friends and family um, and just frankly being kind of careless. Um, and that, again, comes from that fatigue that we're feeling. People are eager to socialize, eager to get out. And, you know, they're doing it without taking basic precautions. Um, and And what we're seeing are you know, clusters of cases that are associated with one family gathering, and it'll be across generations. And so that's something that's that's really troubling. All right. I want to take a break, Aaron. And when we come back, uh, ask you about a particular area of concern I know for, for people and the, for the governor and health officials, which is people going to indoor bars and having a drink. This is Fifth Admission. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, and I'm joined by health reporter Aaron Alday of The Chronicle. We're talking about the surge in cases in the Bay Area and around the country of coronavirus. Aaron, thanks again. I wanted to ask you about bars. In the last few days, there's been a lot of instruction about whether bars can open. 
now, whether they should close again. What's going on? Right. So, you know, there when we had these kind of big upticks in cases um, last week in particular, um, the state kind of went around to all the health officers in the counties and asked, you know, what what's going on here? What are you seeing? And bars were definitely pointed out as as sources of either known cases or at least areas of concern. Um, and Gavin Newsom, even Governor Governor Newsom said today that, you know, he's seen the same pictures all of us have of people, you know, gathering in these social places, gathering in these bars, not wearing their face masks. And I think that's that's part of the concern. You know, these bars are often, you know, it's indoors. Um, people may wear their face mask when they go there, but you obviously have to take it off to drink. Um, and, you know, when you're in a bar, it's noisy. You're leaning in close to people. Um, if you're drinking a beer, you're not wearing your mask and you're talking loudly with your friend. That's like the worst possible scenario for for spreading this virus or I guess best possible for the viruses. Uh, consideration. Um, and then, you know, there's the fact that you're drinking. So you're not, you know, at some point you're not thinking as clearly um, and maybe making mistakes because of that. Um, so that was, you know, definitely some of the thinking along with the fact that in other countries, South Korea in particular had a, you know, once they got their, their um, outbreak under control, they had a huge um, cluster of cases associated with a very, with a particular nightclub. Um, and ended up, you know, shutting those down. So, you know, there's there's just evidence that those are kind of some of the riskiest places um, bars are. And so, yeah, so the, the governor, he hasn't closed them down statewide, but they've targeted certain counties that are having problems um, and have either advised or, you know, ordered that they that they close their bars there or that they delay reopening them. And so that's been the case in a couple of Bay Area counties that had plans coming up to to reopen bars and are now holding off because um, because they're seeing these uh, these troublesome uh, increases. Full disclosure, Aaron, I have to tell you that I I did go to a bar on Saturday night for reporting purposes. For reporting purposes, it, I, I I was uh, I was checking it out very briefly, um, and um, yeah, I, I happen to live in a county that allows. And allows so, bar. what was what was that like? Can you describe the scene there? Did you feel safe? You know, um, I, I I didn't. I I mean, I. I you know, I don't, I think that the, the, in, for me, the indoor, the indoor areas, you know, dining inside, um, you know, you hear about these cocktail parties where a lot of people have gotten sick and bars, of course, um, it seems like it's not safe. But anyway, I, I, I went in and um, there was big plexiglass separating the, the bartender who was also wearing a mask from, from the patrons. And it was, it was pretty sparse. Um, I don't think a lot of people were comfortable um, going. So it was a small crowd and um, I sort of uh, was there with a friend and went off to the side and, and um, didn't stay long. I just didn't, it didn't feel safe, right? I mean, it, it, why, why do it? Um, why, not, um, why not get a cocktail and, and have it at home or somewhere else? Well, it also sounds like it's not fun, right? Like you go in there and if you're kind of constantly, you know, aware of the danger of it and thinking about it and, you know, having to take your mask off to have a drink, like that just seems stressful to me. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's uh, for a lot of people dining in is the, is the same thing. I can't imagine, you know, really wanting to do that because it, you know, it affects your enjoyment. I mean, why not eat at home or in some cases outdoors at a restaurant, the, uh, the indoor just, it doesn't feel right yet. No, for sure. I agree. So, Aaron, one last uh, ground I think we want to cover is, you know, what? how should people be going about their business as they come upon a big July 4th weekend? Um, you know, what should we, what do we learn about 
places where the virus is spreading that should inform people's decisions? I think that, you know, with what we're hearing about these social gatherings being such common sources of, of cases of clusters, you know, tied to specific, specific Memorial Day events, Mother's Day events, um, you know, I would certainly be very concerned about an invitation to somebody's barbecue or picnic. Even if it's outdoors, I would I would have questions. And some of those questions, I would want to know how many people are going to be there. I would want to make sure that masks are going to be enforced, um, that people are going to be really good about that. I would for definitely want it to be outdoors. So, you know, if I had an invitation to, you know, I live in Berkeley and somebody invited me up to Tilden for a picnic, I would ask the host all those things. I would, you know, say, how many people are you inviting? Who do you know these people? Are these people that are maybe part of your your social bubble and that you trust that they've been good and are going to wear their masks and, you know, and also ask about the food, you know, are people bringing their own? Are they bringing their own beverages? Um, is it, if it's going to be kind of a shared situation with a lot of people that I don't know, I'm not going to feel real comfortable with that. If it's a really good friend of mine who's having, you know, a backyard, watch the fireworks. And I know there's just going to be, you know, six of us, um, that I might feel okay about. So I think, I mean, a lot of the problem with the place where we're at now is it's people have to make their own decisions and their own kind of risk calculations. And I don't think anybody's saying we can't see each other or we can't do social things um, because that's just not practical for the long term. At some people, at some point, people need to see each other. They need the sort of interactions. And there are ways to do those things that are safer than others, you know, a harm reduction sort of point of view. But you do have to be thoughtful about it. And I think part of what we're seeing is that people aren't, especially younger people, tend to just be kind of throwing caution aside and just going out and having fun. And I think if we all could just sort of, you know, practice some of these safety measures and really be kind of conscious, you know, of the sort of, you know, the location, how many people are there, you know, is it going to be close contact? Are people going to wear masks? Those kinds of things, then then we could actually... Um, you know, we could return to some sort of normal. We could have some of these activities and do them safely, but but you do have to be so careful. Well, I hope you're right. Aaron, thanks uh, for coming in again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Great to have you back, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, health reporter Aaron Alday, to King Hoffman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. 